Thank you for joining us for this podcast from College Church of the Nazarene University Avenue. The following was recorded live on location in Bourbonnais, Illinois. So did you uh, hear from the Lord yet today? Yeah, has the Lord Jesus Christ spoken to you personally, specifically, yet this morning? Evidently so. I know the right answer. I know, I know what the right answer is. I know what we're inclined to answer. Of course he's spoken to me. I mean, that's one of the reasons we come on Sundays is to hear from the Lord. But if I were to ask you to write it down, would you be able to do so? If I were to ask you to take a Connect card, oh, by the way, would you take a Connect card and fill that out? Would you do that? And let us know you were here. Uh, and uh, if you are not getting emails from the church, um, you're probably missing not getting them. So put an address down, an email address down. If, you were to, if I were to ask you to take a Connect card and write down what it is in particular the Lord said to you today, to you personally, what he wanted you to hear, would you be able to do that? This is what the Lord said to me today. Boom, write it down. You could do that. This is what the Lord said to me today. Shoot, you could do that, right? Now, we have had lots of opportunity here. In truth, our Lord has been speaking to us all morning, and you should know that I am coming to the conclusion that as important as it is for the Lord to hear from us, and our Lord wants to hear from us for sure, but as important as it is for the Lord to hear from us, it's probably more important for us to hear from Him. Uh, and that prayer should be every bit as much about listening as it is about speaking. Uh, one of the things that uh, opening up the sanctuary uh, every day, Monday through Friday from 7.30 until 5, one of the things that is teaching some of us is that coming in and being still before the Lord and listening for the Lord is uh, pretty, pretty important. I'm doing more listening in the mornings than I am speaking. And um, it, that, that's another reason we read scriptures on Sunday that may or may not have anything to do with the message in the sermon, so that we might hear from the Lord, multiple occasions to hear our Lord speak to us. And that, uh, honestly, frankly, takes some pressure off of me. I mean, you don't have to wait for the message or even depend on the sermon to hear from the Lord here, because there are other opportunities to hear from him. So let me ask it again. Did you hear from the Lord today and hear so clearly that you could write it down on a connect card. This is what he said to me today. Boom. Some of you are thinking, well, if I had known there was a test, I would have listened more carefully this day. Can we read the scriptures again? I'm sure he's going to say something in there to me. And I have had I mean, I have had, it is the case that sometimes the Lord speaks to us and says something completely unrelated to anything that was either read in the scriptures or said in the message. I've had people say to me at the end of a message, Pastor, I so appreciated what you said when you said, and then they tell me whatever it was I said. And I know for a fact that I never said anything like that at all. It's always curious to me. I'm not saying that's not what they heard. I'm just pretty sure they didn't hear it said from me. And I'm pretty sure I know because I preach from a manuscript and I know what I've said. So my conclusion is the Holy Spirit does a little bit of translating even during the message for which I am really grateful. So did you hear from the Lord today? Has our Lord Jesus Christ spoken to you so specifically, so personally, so clearly that you could write it down on a connect card? Maybe not yet. 
Maybe you're still waiting? So let me bring to your attention then what the Lord said to you today and what the Lord said to all of us. This is what the Lord said and is saying to you today. And you can write this down on your Connect card. You ready? Three words. You are chosen. You're chosen. That's what the Lord said to you today, at the very least. He knows your name. He knows your story. You have not been overlooked. You have not been ignored. He chose you. That's what the Lord said and is saying to you today. I have chosen you. Because that's what the Lord does. He chooses us. There is a long history of God choosing people. God chose Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was minding his own business in Ur of the Chaldeans, and God showed up. And this is what happened in Genesis 12, first book of our Old Testaments. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to this land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, said God to Abraham. Now, that's the first time we're introduced to Abram in the Old Testament. We knew nothing about Abram before God chose him. If God hadn't chosen him, we would have never known about him. So God chose Abram, who would become Abraham. And God chose Moses. Moses, again, minding his own business, tending herds of sheep in the wilderness. A bush is on fire. It's burning for a really long time. And Moses is curious about why it is continuing to burn. He goes over, checks it out. And he hears the Lord tell him, what, take off your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. And after Moses hears that, this is what happened in Exodus 3, the second book of our Old Testaments. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, said God to Moses. Now, Moses had all kinds of reasons why he shouldn't have been chosen. He had failed at protecting the Hebrews already, and he didn't have a whole lot of confidence in what he could do. But God chose Moses anyway, so God chose Moses. And God chose the children of Israel. They were descendants of Abraham for sure. But after 400 years in Egypt, they were pretty Egyptian. They had been assimilated. Furthermore, they were slaves, which means they couldn't have saved themselves. They wouldn't have been saved from slavery, wouldn't have become a people of God if God hadn't chosen them again. So after some drama in Egypt and after crossing the Red Sea at the very beginning of their wilderness wanderings in which they were formed into a people of God, they're at the mountain of God at the very beginning, and this is what happened, Exodus 19. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. 
You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites, said God. Out of all the peoples of the earth, God chose the children of Israel to be his people. So God chose the children of Israel. And there were a whole lot of other people God chose. Saul and David and Solomon and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea and Jonah. God has a long history of choosing people. And of course, jump ahead several thousand years. And Jesus did the same as his father with the 12 disciples, 12 apostles. Jesus chose the disciples. And I think we know those stories. But he chose Peter and he chose Andrew and he chose James and he chose John and he chose Matthew. In Luke 6, 12 through 13, Luke even tells us the story of how some of them went from being disciples to apostles. One of, these, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and Jesus spent the night praying to God. Jesus spent the night praying to God. I mean, if he needed to, huh? And maybe he spent the night praying to God because he knew he, what he was going to do the next morning. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So Jesus chose his disciples, his apostles, and just in case they forgot and thought they were apostles based on their own merit or own doing, just in case they thought they should get some credit for being apostles, Jesus reminded them the day before he was crucified how it was they were his disciples. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So Jesus chose the 12 apostles. And of course, God chose the Apostle Paul of all the people God could have chosen. This is an interesting one. Saul, Paul hated the church, persecuted the church, was, and, and was indeed on one of the missions when the resurrected Lord appeared to him, revealed to this zealous Hebrew that the one he was persecuting, the ones he was persecuting was none other than Jesus himself. In persecuting the church, Saul was really persecuting Jesus. So Jesus revealed himself to Saul, Paul is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then God chose Ananias to go to Saul to tell Saul what had just happened. And this is what God told Ananias about Saul. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So God, through Jesus, chose Saul. God has a long history of choosing people. And the reason I can say to you this morning with a fair amount of certainty what it is the Lord is saying to you today is because of what we read in the scriptures today. Now, granted, Jesus could be saying more than this this morning, but he is saying this for sure. Hear it again. He chose you. He chose you. And don't think he didn't. It's because we read it. You remember what we read. After writing about Jesus being chosen... As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by people, but chosen by God and precious to him, even Jesus was chosen. After writing about Jesus being chosen, Peter wrote this. But you are a chosen people. Stop. Stop, stop, stop right there. I know that's not the end of the verse, but we have to stop there 
for a minute because this is the word of the Lord to you today. Maybe he said some other things, but he's saying this for sure. You are a chosen people. You are chosen. God chose you. He knows your name. He knows your story. You have not been overlooked. You have not been ignored. He has chosen you. He chose you. That's what the Lord is saying to you today. I have chosen you, every one of you. As surely as God chose Abraham, as surely as God chose Moses, as surely as God chose the children of Israel, as surely as God in Christ chose Peter and Andrew and James and John, as surely as God in Christ chose the Apostle Paul, as surely as Jesus was chosen, so God has chosen you. You are a chosen people. You are chosen. God chose you. Somebody else say amen this morning. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And we could stop there. We could just go home and just kind of figure, just kind of rest in that. That would probably be enough to say, but that's not all he's saying to you. That's not all he's saying to us today. That's just the beginning because he chose you for something. He chose you for something. You know what else God has, you know what God has chosen you for? Did you hear that word? Did you hear what the Lord has chosen you for? It should be easy. He chose you the same reason. He chose you for the same reason he chose Abraham and Moses and the children of Israel and the disciples and the Apostle Paul and even the Christ who was also chosen. He chose you for the same reason. Are you ready? The second thing Peter declared after writing, you are a chosen people, he wrote this, a royal priesthood. Stop. I know that he said more, but we can't run past what he said here. And did you notice that what Peter wrote to these dispersed and persecuted first century Christians was the very same thing God told Moses to say to the children of Israel? In case you missed it, this is what God told Moses to say to the children of Israel in Exodus 19. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, said God to Moses to the children of Israel, chosen to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, which is what Peter wrote to dispersed, persecuted Christians, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And the reason we have to stop at royal priesthood is because of what it is priests do. Israel was supposed to be a kingdom of priests. And Peter said, we are a royal priesthood. Do you know what priests do? They mediate between God and people. They build bridges between people and God. They intercede for people to God. In short, this is what priests do. They bring people to God and they bring God to people. That's what priests do. And it was that way from the very beginning. God chose Abraham so that all the peoples on earth would be blessed through him. That's what he said. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you, said God to Abraham. That's a priest. God chose Moses to liberate God's people so that they might be a blessing to all people, so that they might reveal the living God to the rest of the world, so that they might be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
And God chose the apostle Paul to do the same, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And Jesus chose the apostles so that they might do the same. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. I mean, what's the fruit Jesus is talking about? In the passage we read this morning, he told us, maybe you heard the Lord speak to you at this time. Very truly, I tell you, says Jesus, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Wow is right. The fruit that these disciples were to bear is the fruit that Jesus bore. It's the work that Jesus did. He chose you for the very same reason he chose Jesus. We are to do what Jesus did. Well, what were the works that Jesus did? What did? Why did Jesus come as the highest of high priests? To mediate between the Father and us. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish. To mediate to intercede for us. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, to bridge the gap between God and people. In short, to bring people to God and to bring God to people. In the passage we read today from John 14, Jesus said, those he called, which is every one of us, he chose you, no exceptions in this room, he chose you. Those he called, they would, we would do even greater things than Jesus, said Jesus. They'll do even greater things than what I've been doing. So when Peter wrote to dispersed, persecuted Christians, people without a country, people without a land. So when Peter wrote that they were a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. He was not telling them anything that hadn't been said before. He told those first century dispersed and persecuted Christians that they were chosen to be what God chose Abraham to be and what God chose Moses to be and what God chose the children of Israel to be and what God chose those disciples to be, what God chose the apostle Paul to be, what God chose Jesus to be. They were chosen to be who Jesus was, a priest chosen to intercede for the world, chosen to bring people to God and to bring God to people. Folks, that's what we were chosen to be. And that's what the Lord is saying to us today. And if you hadn't heard it earlier, if you didn't hear it before now, you're hearing it now. Here's the message from the written word of God that comes from the living word. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, period. Well, there's more, but we're stopping there. To bring people to God and to bring God to people. This is really good news. This is amazing news. The Lord trusts us with this. The Lord has commissioned every one of us. We have work to do. Let me tell you how the Lord is doing that among us. And I've told some of these folks that I'm calling them out this morning. Some of you may have seen the few of the videos. Barry Lee, psychology prophet Olivet, retired from Olivet to do different kind of work. 
And the Lord called him to the Pontiac Correctional Center in Pontiac, Illinois, one of the most secure correctional centers in the country, some of the hardest of hard criminals in there, most of them in cells by themselves because they can't be with anybody else. And from Monday to Thursday, 10 hours, he walks those corridors and talks to those men, helping them navigate what their life is like never away, never away from those four small walls. And when he has opportunity, speaks the name of Jesus to them. He understands his Monday through Thursday, 10-hour week job in that dark, dark place according to his assessment. He interprets himself as light in that world. Jeff Hersha, who attends the 9 o'clock service, owns Mancino's. Great food. He is a baker, and the bread is amazing. Oh, I heard an amen. (laughs) That wasn't from Jeff, because he was in the 9 o'clock service. He didn't know I was going to kind of sell it. It's just really good food. And he's a businessman, and he's been a part of this community for 30 years. But you know what he told me one day? He said, you know the reason I do this job? so that I can mentor young people and teach them how to work and show them them how a believer runs a business, said Jeff Hersha, priest in this world at Mancino's. Nelson Bradford. Hello, Nelson. Uh, That was like an amen, I think, right? (laughs) He's watching online every Sunday. He is physically unable to come to church, but he watches every Sunday. Every now and then he'll take a picture of him and Norma watching the service uh, from home. And he can't, he's not very mobile. He can't get out very much. And so he likes to do woodwork and he makes little tiny toy cars and trucks out of wood. And he distributes them to the community. He makes, I think, 200 a month anyway. 200 a month. And he distributes them to fast food restaurants. And he gives them away at Walmart. He wants children to have these toy trucks, which is a nice thing to do. But he's a little subversive. Underneath the truck, he puts these three letters, I-H-S. He couldn't put anything more overt because commercial businesses probably wouldn't take them then. But he puts underneath... IHS burns it into it. And his strategy is perhaps the children or the parents will be curious as to why IHS is underneath those cars and trucks. And IHS are the first three words of, in Greek of Jesus' name. And it was a, in the early church, it's how Christians identified themselves by those three words so they wouldn't be persecuted. And his prayer as he gives every single one of those trucks away is that they might be curious and discover Jesus through the IHS. Priest, bridging the gap. Bill Bear, ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene. And he's a soccer coach. And he's 
as fully a pastor as I am. But his mission field, his congregation, his parish are young girls learning to play soccer. And by Bill's own testimony, it is his calling to teach them more about Jesus than they might learn about soccer. And he's got a winning team. But he's been called to coach soccer so that he might reveal Jesus, a priest, bridging the gap. And Kenton Beth Olney taught adult Sunday school for 15 years, 20 years, long time. Loved teaching his adult Sunday school class. Some of us are in this church because of Kent Olney's Sunday school class. And Kenton Beth decided a couple years ago that what was more important in the life of this church was to have a husband and wife, a man and a woman teaching children during the Sunday school hour. And so Kent and Beth, every Sunday morning from 9 to 10, 15 or so, depending on how long the preacher preaches, are downstairs teaching little children, our children, about Jesus, bridging the gap between God and man and women, bridging the gap between God and children, a priest. That's five, and it's already 11.30. I could spend the next hour talking about how college church is full of people who have been chosen to be priests, bridging the gap between God and his people. Here's the word today. God chose you to be a priest. That's the word. You can write that down on a connect card. God chose me. You have not been overlooked. You have not been ignored. He knows your name. He knows your story. And he chose you to be a priest for his kingdom. Would you say amen? And so, you know, we can't do this by ourselves. We need the Lord's strength to do this. And the Lord has provided us uh, kind of an initiation into the ministry in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. He said, this is, I'm laying down my life for you, right? He gives us bread and juice as symbols of his body. And in our reception of that bread and juice, which symbolizes flesh and blood, we implicitly but explicitly today declare that we are with him in this, that we will be priests as he is. So as we receive the sacrament this morning, I want you to receive it and say, Lord, I'm in. I will be your priest. I will be your ambassador. I will be for you in this world as you were. Would you share the sacrament with someone this morning? Would you pass it so that all have the sacrament today? All may receive it. Everyone who 
confesses Jesus Christ as Lord. And we know the story. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what is true is if you had not bridged the gap between us and your father, Lord, we would be away. You came for us. You called us. We are here because you chose us. And Lord, now you are enlisting us to be light, to be a blessing, to be part of the good news. You're asking us what you've asked every other follower of yours to do, to be a priest to a people who don't know you, who need to be brought to you. Lord, as we receive the sacrament, this evidence of your poured out life for us, Lord, may we receive it and commit ourselves to doing the same, pouring out our lives for others, bringing you to them and bringing them to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As God's people have done for thousands of years and are doing this morning in all over the world, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, may it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. Let us be grateful. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, May it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and let us be grateful. And so, Lord, as we have received this juice and bread as symbols of your flesh and blood, Lord, may we be you incarnate in this world, proclaimers of your good news, May we be bridging the gap, Lord, between you and others by the power of your spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from College Church of the Nazarene, University Avenue. If you care to join us for worship, we meet each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at 200 University Avenue in Bourbonnais, Illinois. We also offer a full range of activities, classes, small group meetings, and events throughout the week. For a complete list of what's going on at College Church or for more information on how you can get involved, please go to www.collegechurch.org.